This is the I Make a Living podcast brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. I'm your host, Damona Hoffman, and I'm one of you, an entrepreneur who loves creating community. This month, we're celebrating Valentine's Day by speaking to couples who inspire us by building strong partnerships, who are partners in life, partners in business, and partners in their community. In the last few years, we've seen a huge push amongst marketing thought leaders for entrepreneurs to find their tribe or a community of supporters, consumers, and peers. This stems from the social fulfillment step in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. All humans long for a group to belong to, and it's a critical step in finding customers who will drive your business forward. That sounds kind of simple, right? <laughs> Actually, it's not. I sat down with Ted Vatican and Angie Mee Young, a husband and wife team who have artfully mastered the feat of finding their tribe through their brand, Poketo. We started Poketo in 2003, so we're on our 16th year, and it's a, it's a lifestyle brand as well as a, a retail, retail shops um, here in Los Angeles. Our whole ethos behind Poketo is art for every day. So it's really bringing in art and design into everyday life. So everything from like housewares and apparel and stationery and accessories. So when you come into the shop, it's kind of like everything for, for your life, but it's all about accessibility and sort of elevated design and, um, and really, you know, a very sort of joyful spirit and very community-based brand that we've built over over the years. And what was the original idea for Poketo? Because now you do so many different things within it's it's a it's a brand, it's a creative community, there's products. What was the what was the ignition point? Where did you begin? So okay, so you know, I was working full time. Angie was back at school. And Poketo was really just a side project. We had a lot of friends who were visual artists and the the community there is really small. And whenever we'd go to these art shows, the original work would never really sell, right? So we'd go to these shows of our friends, work wasn't selling. And so that's when Angie and I thought, okay, let's, let's just, um, let's come up with a product. And we rented a space in, in San Francisco. It was just a community space there. They would do all kinds of stuff. You can just rent it out for yoga classes or meetings or whatever. And it was in the neighborhood in the Mission District, and we rented it out for the weekend. And basically, the thought was, okay, let's put a big art show together with all of our friends. Let's have original their original work on the uh, on the walls. Um, let's bring in musicians and bands and just make it this sort of weekend festival. And let's launch this this product. And that very first product that we launched was an artist wallet. Really simple, just a simple wallet. Um, you know, covered with the artwork um, of the artists that we invited. And we actually used Angie's uh, art school facilities at the time. So when she was at school, like we just printed all the, you know, artwork out in these like very limited editions. And we would stay up sort of all night, like four or five in the morning, just like printing it on the slowest inkjet printers and cutting everything and just getting everything prepared for this show. And the idea was, It'll be this show. It'll be a really awesome time to have our friends together. But let's have something that people don't have to spend a lot of money on, but be able to collect something, collect, take a piece of of art from from these people that we're we're showcasing. They completely sold out that night. It was amazing. Worth all of that work. Yeah. Well, that was the idea. Was because all these things were they were all handmade, you know. So and and we wanted them to be limited edition. 
and each of these pieces too, we really wanted to promote the artist. So each of the the product would actually have a, a biography card of the artist inside and, you know, how to, how to find them online. And, and, and it really sort of connected, um, the people that were buying this thing to, to the artist. And so after that first show, we just did another series with, with a new, um, you know, with, with new artists and did the same thing. We would have a big party everyone would come and to the same effect, it would sell out and we would just be like, wow, that, that was again, amazing. We started to just knock on our favorite stores doors around that time in San Francisco, you know, just to see like, we'd go into some of our favorite shops and just show the buyers like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And, and, you know, maybe it was just being naive at the time and not knowing the proper channels, but we would always meet the buyer in the shop and they'd be like, wow, this is amazing. Or sometimes the customers will be right there. I mean, like the people who are shopping and they'll be like, oh my God, this is amazing. And the buyer is like standing right there. And then they would want to buy it right there and then. And the buyer was like, okay, I'll I'll take 30. So shortly after we started Poketo in, in San Francisco, we actually moved down to Los Angeles. And around that time, it was just one of those things. It was like we had been in SF for about seven years, good sort of seven-year itch, you know, a lot. Yeah, I wanted to change. A lot of our friends were moving away. Uh, And I have family in Southern California. And... We just thought, okay, let's just let's just make a let's make a move and 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 do this. And so when we moved down to LA, we actually lived with my parents first um, in Long Beach. And so we how was that for you, Angie? (laughs) I mean, it was they were so generous. I mean, we basically, you know, it. We just we moved into like one small room, and um, we had our computers there, and we were working out of there. All of our stock was just in the one room, like on the shelf. And then we were living there for a year, and by the end, the boxes were lining up in the hallway. We had like taken over their dining room as our office. <laughs> And we had, like, goods in the garage. We even filled up the van that was parked outside with boxes. I mean, it was crazy monster mess. So at this point, you've left your your other career, and this is now becoming your full-time job. Well, actually, no. It, it was one of those things where even though we, le- I left, we left San Francisco, uh, Angie was just finishing school. And so that's, that was a good reason to, to go to. And I remember Angie thinking, oh my gosh, now I have to go find a job. <laughs> now yeah. that I'm done with school, I actually have to do yeah, something with exactly. this I'm like, degree. Oh, I need to, if we're going to move to LA, I was thinking, I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to look for a graphic design job in LA. And Ted was like, actually, why not just focus on Poketo? And I was like, mm, like that's going to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, why are you feeling at this point like it's it's a it's a pipe dream? Like no, of course. I mean, because it was like just a side thing, you know. And um, um, yeah, we had some shops carrying our products in San Francisco, but like a few handful, maybe. But Is it because you weren't making the income from it yet that you? Oh no, not at all. Yeah, you? I mean, we were like when we got an order online. 
one order, we'd be so excited. We're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, sometimes we had a fax machine and sometimes a store would actually fax in our order and we'd come home to see the fax. Oh my God, like that was like such a great day. But, you know, it wasn't like enough to cover anything. That's when Angie, that's when we said, okay, let's well, try to Well, I didn't have a job and I wasn't going to school. So I was, I naturally just like focus on my energy on Paquetto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was still actually working freelance. And so I would travel back and forth between SF and LA, maybe a couple times a month and just do freelance work. That allowed us to just kind of, you know, feel a little bit less stressed, um, knowing that I had, uh, you know, you had some income coming in. job, some income coming in. We can still work on Poketo. Even though Angie was working on that more full time, I would still, you know, be very involved. And and I think, I think that turning, what the turning point was really was. By the time, actually, so after a year, we actually moved out. We bought our first place in Echo Park. Is this because Poketo is doing so well at this point? Or just because your parents were like, get these boxes out of here? Yeah. Well, t- both, both. Both. Yeah, we yes, were going out of their place. And they were, but they never said anything negative whatsoever. They never even like winced or looked at us. Like they never, I mean, they were so generous up until the very last m- moment when we said, hey, guess what? We found a place. We're going to move out. And they were so happy. You could see all of that tension <laughs> that they had been hiding. That was doing a victory dance. I mean, yeah. it was so funny. We were moving, we moved out. I was completely focused on Paquetto and it was the business was, business was doing really, really well. You know, we met more artists actually. That's what was incredible. There was so much collaborative energy in LA and still to this day, like so much collaborative energy and, um, and also so much manufacturing in Los Angeles. You can kind of just about make anything here. And so it was right around that time that we then started to look into other things that we could sort of fold into Poketo and and really have that be sort of that concept that we're thinking about art every day. So we started to do just the next step was t-shirts. And so we started to do artist t-shirts. And from there, um, it went to stationary, you know, year by year, as we were sort of growing what we were doing with Poketo, we just started to add more things to, um, to the catalog, I guess, in some ways. Right. So went from wallets to apparel to stationery, And then we started to think, okay, well let's do housewares. And really all these things, all these decisions were just more based on like, oh, that would be so cool to do. We don't have any cool plates, any cool Mm -hmm. artist plates. Like how can we make it? Like, and it would just, you know, Angie would just do, put on her like, you know, research hat and just like try to find like a manufacturer that would be able to do low runs of all these things. So you're trying out as you're innovating and getting new, developing new products, you're, you're just doing like sample runs of, Mm -hmm. of each of those products to figure out if they're going yeah. to work or not. Were there any big misses? I mean, I think there were always things. So for example, like when we started to go, so Angie was talking about that first trade show that we went to visit. And I think it was a friend of ours who was like, hey, you should go go check out trade shows. <laughs> and we were like, what are trade shows? We had no idea what that was, yeah. right? And they're like, okay, well, there's a trade show. There's There's one in Vegas. It's a really huge show and you should check it out. So we went to go to that and it was giant, all the major brands and so on and so forth. Was that intimidating? It was, I, I, I think, I thought it was yeah. very intimidating, but there was also what was cool was that there was a smaller indie independent section 
of the show. I see. I think we just hit at that time on this idea or this product that really was just different. And I think the concept that we had with bringing in artists and collaboration and community was really different. And so when we did that show, all the retail stores that would come through, they absolutely loved it. And it was just yet another sort of validation, right? I know you, you're you really big into collaboration, right? You have collaborations with a lot of those big brands that probably intimidated you way back when. Now you're working with, you're working with Target, you're working with MoMA, Nordstrom, you have a partnership coming up. What advice do you have for anyone that's looking to like break into the, to the big leagues and begin those collaborations, partnerships, and conversations? Wow. I mean, it took us, you know, we've been in business for 16 years. I think just being around the block and people knowing about us and the, um, and the people, you know, people in the business, like those huge brands knowing about us and liking what we make. I think that that's the only thing. And unless you have like huge representation or, if you have like, you know, a bunch of sales reps going around the country and knocking on doors and we, we don't have any of that. We, it's just basically people knocking on our doors and they're the, the big brands knocking on our doors and, and asking to collaborate. So I, what do you think I that think, is? I think what that is, is, I mean, we, we just put our head down, worked hard and we really, and we really loved what we were doing. I get so much energy just being around people. And that was like the biggest thing, right? For Poketo, it was just all about people. It's like family and friends. And that's that's like the DNA of Poketo. And so we got so much energy from that. And I think it was, you know, there's never been this sort of, you know, strategic um, planning or a, a, a specific goal that we were trying to, to, to aim for. It was just like, we love what we're doing. Let's just continue what we're doing and let's see where it goes. And I think for us, it was always one of those things where we're just like that. We just, we're, we're very much, we have very much a DIY ethic and we want to do everything ourselves. We want to like, we we're, we're involved in every aspect of Poketo from day one to now. And I think it was one of those things where we were just doing and we loved what we're doing. And fortunately, we had people that also loved what we were doing, right? And so it was just this kind of like natural snowball effect. And you know, as you start to get out there and even in, you know, just the the natural relationship of Poketo with the artist community, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, right? And so as we're promoting these artists and they're promoting us, you're just getting more and more exposure. And I think that was also a big thing as well, too. It's like you're really, truly building a community that everyone is is being lifted. And, and I think that that, in a sense, kind of catches the attention of some of these bigger brands that, that we have worked with, whether it's Target or Nordstrom or, you know, all, all these uh, amazing companies that we would have never have thought to, to have ever dreamt of, of working with. Um, but they come to you because you're, you're casting a wide net and you're creating, you know, it's an umbrella for all of these artists. Like you said, I'm so glad you said the, the part about a lifting, a rising tide lifts all boats. Cause so many, so many times people in business, you think it has to be cutthroat. You have to beat your competitor. And that's, it seems to not be your philosophy at all, that it's more about, it's more about finding collaborations than it is about 
finding competitors to beat? Yeah, I mean, we didn't really find any competitors that were doing what we were doing, you know? True. <laughs> uh, so, um, But I think also, yeah. too, like, we're just not those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't really know how to be a jerk, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, just to, you know, like we want, we want people to treat us as, as we would love to be treated. And so, you know, I think like bringing in that personality in our, in our, and sort of us into this brand, because I, I really feel like Poketo is, is a lot about, um, sort of me and Ange. I mean, there's, know. there's really no way for for you to prevent anyone from copying what you're doing. You just have to run faster. That's always been my philosophy. Like, why waste energy on being mad at people that are copying you? It's just that you just have to run faster and you just have to innovate faster and you just have to keep going. Something that we always remember and, and something that we we, we continue to, to think about to this day is just just keeping, you know, keeping that forward momentum and always... Um, being open to change and, and trying new things. Um, and that keeps the brand fresh, but then it also keeps things really interesting for us personally as well too. Ted and Angie are a great example of two partners who set the tone for their business. Poketo is all about collaboration, community, and partnership, something that is ingrained in their personal lives and their amazing love story. We were living in San Francisco at the time, and um, it's just a small city that you kind of get to know each other, like everyone basically. And if you don't know them, then you'll meet them really soon because it's like maybe two degree separation at the most. I remember first seeing Ted at a New Year's party. He was DJing at the party, and that very was, artistic of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I remember seeing him. He has a very unforgettable sort of presence, and he was like wearing this like necktie and like a cute outfit, and he was DJing. So that's that's what I remember. <laughs> so Ted, do you remember the moment when you first met Angie? I I do actually. That night, okay. So Angie is describing it as like uh, nothing for her, but like I remember seeing Angie thinking, "Wow, she looks like an angel." And she really did. She like was just kind of walking through the room and I noticed her right away. Did you bridge the creative collaboration first or the or the romantic collaboration? Well, well really really quick that night we didn't meet. We just saw each other. Right? Wow, that's okay. powerful. And then um, we would see each other at work here and there and the funny story is so he went away for a year. He took a sabbatical. And then I took over his job. And then when he came back, we ran into each other at a bar where our friend's band was playing. And we talked and he actually gave me a ride home that night along with like other friends. And then we started hanging out. And then one day he came over to my house. He was like, hey, guess what? I got my job back. And I was like, guess what? I got fired today. Oh, no. So they basically fired me and gave him his old job back. Oh, no. <laughs> so basically, I got fired, and I was like, that's fine, whatever. I was going to leave anyway because I was going to go back to school to study graphic design. So I told him, like, that that day that he took my job away, I was like, okay, well, you're going to buy me dinner. And so... Um, and that was music to his ears. What did you think when you heard that, Ted? I mean, 
you how you can just be so excited. I mean, if you heard something like that, like that's like a perfect in, right? <laughs> no, but you know what? The fun, the funny thing is, every time we hung out, he always brought his brother along. So we just, I, I just thought we were just all friends and hanging out together all the time. Well, it's just because I you're living with your brother. Sh- well, no, no, it's I was I was shy, and you know I never really knew. Like I'm just. I'm just like that. Like I never, I, I, I was always like self-doubting, like, does this person like me or do I like them or, you know? So I think it was just that. I was at thinking. For, at a point I actually thought, mate, is he trying to set me up with his brother? <laughs> <laughs> That's like really bad game. As a dating coach, I could say, <laughs> if she thinks you're trying game. to set, set you up with her, with your brother, then things have gone terribly wrong. But eventually you turned it around. Uh, eventually I guess we kind of turned it around, but it was definitely like an Angie thing. I think which um, came first, the creative collaboration or the relationship? The relationship. The relationship came first. So I think we just both wanted to do something like a business or something, you know. As a dating coach, I'm already impressed that they moved past a situationship into a healthy relationship. But on top of that, they turned their passion into a thriving business. Whether romantic or professional, it seems that successful partnerships stem from understanding the strengths that each person brings to the relationship. Do you have certain roles or boundaries that you've set up to keep things working in both spaces effectively? Mm, Oh, you mean home and work? Yeah, like do you have boundaries where we don't talk about work at home or do you have certain roles within the company as it's grown where it's like this is Angie's purview, this is what Ted manages and so there isn't too much uh, conflict? And we now work in two separate spaces also. <laughs> so I'm like on the eighth floor and Ted's like on, on the ground level. So um, that just happened recently. But we were like working together in the same space for 16 years. But yeah, no, I do all the creative direction. So anything that you see online, um, you know, anything that's visual and anything that's product driven, I do that. So um, I create all the products um, along with my team, of course, and I do. I oversee all the buying for third 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 party brands, and I kind of control the look and feel of Paquetto. Mm-hmm. That's branding and website, Instagram, and all of that stuff. What about you, Ted? Yeah, and you know, when we started, we did everything together, right? I mean, we did everything from the designing to invoicing to pick back and shipping and kind of every part of that business. And as you start to grow, um, you, you you do start to sort of separate each, roles um, from each other. So it's so awesome to have Angie be this, that creative vision um, and everything that you see in the store and all the look and feel. And, you know, my strengths have really been with with people and so it's a lot about partnerships and also building our team and just making sure like I'm at wherever our team needs to be right so you know we we're online and we have four retail stores we're we wholesale our goods to over 500 retailers um in uh, uh globally and you know our spaces our stores are you know they're not just traditional retail that's actually a combination of you know, sort of community spaces as well too. So we'll have art shows, we'll do different pop-ups and we'll do even creative workshops. So every week we invite different artists and designers to come in and actually teach what they know. Anything from sort of business class to, you know, hands-on classes like painting and stuff like that. So 
It's sort of like old times, yeah. like going back to where you began and creating that community. Exactly. Yeah. For and artists. Those, and those, when, when we opened up this, our first brick and mortar store, it wasn't until nine years after we started Poketo. So we, when we started in 2003, we were online and wholesaling up until 2012 when we opened up that first store. And that first store was to us, you know, it was allowed us to sort of plant a flag in LA and say, okay, this is Poketo's home base. And the way we always saw it too was that it's a place that we can do everything that we were doing nine years prior with all the events and art shows and just bringing our friends together. Now we actually have a space to do that because prior to that, we either rent a space or partner with another store or gallery. And, and those were all awesome to do, but now we actually had a space in LA. Nice to have and something of your own. Yeah. And then and you can really use that as a launching pad. Totally. Right? And when we opened up that first store too, what's, what's really funny was it was just out of necessity. You know, we were again, outgrowing, <laughs> like we've been in all of our spaces, right? We've been, we, we, we work until it, we sort of outgrow it. And, and we get to a point where it's just like too much, you know, too much personally, just too much, you know, it's hard to live around boxes and things that are just, you know, falling on you and so on and so forth. So each time we've switched locations, um, it's always been out of necessity. We've always needed something bigger because the, the business is growing. So that first store actually was just, it was a, a giant space. And we thought, well, it's probably too much for our current business. Let's carve out a quarter of that space as a retail store. And that's how that started. We didn't have any retail background. We didn't think, you know, we didn't actually even think it was going to be a success at all. We just thought like, hey, if people walk in the door and they buy something that's extra and it's bonus, it's awesome. Because we're still needing to run our, you know, our online and our wholesale anyway. But what ended up happening was we got into an area that was really nothing at the time in downtown LA. And slowly but surely as we were starting to, you know, have events and bring people in, that neighborhood just exploded. And that was the success of that store. We, we saw like, wow, amazing. People would come in and they would actually buy things. And whenever we'd have events, they would, they would come down and that neighborhood just slowly but surely started to change, right? Then business, you know, then another brand opened up another shop down the street and then two and three and four, and then a coffee shop came in and then you started to have a real community, and that's what was awesome. It was like a real community was built out of nothing. That's what it's, that's what it starts with, right? It takes somebody that with the desire to create connections and create a space where you can, you can connect with other people that are like you and you know, that are artistic, like the two of you. Um, now you also have a book. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, is there anything you don't do? What inspired you to, to write this book, creative spaces and and keep creating in a new way? Um, I don't know, actually. Um, <laughs> well, it, it was really interesting because we have been approached by different publishers to write a book, but then they, you know, they would always say, well, you have to turn in a proposal. And I'm like, we just never had time to actually write a proposal and turn it in and shop it around because that, that also takes a lot of time and effort. And, um, so we just never, we just never did it. And, but this time was very special because they came to us and an editor there at the time just loved Poketo and the story. So she actually wrote the proposal and presented it to her team at the publisher. 
And so we couldn't say no because they all loved the idea, and they all said yes. Let's do this. That's awesome. <laughs> Getting other people excited about your vision. Yeah. Then that's. It sounds like that's really been the key to success for the two of you and really being able to grow the brand. Yeah, and it was it was cool. I think when we were you know, our initial talks with the editor, it was just like kind of batting around ideas of what this book could be. And there were a lot of ideas, but for, you know, we, we just sort of sunk on this idea of, of spaces and of people and of community, because that's been Poketo for the past 16 years, right? Um, Not only all the spaces that we've been in through our sort of, you know, our history, but then also just our friendships and the community. And so we thought, what a better way of kind of telling the story of Poketo um, through sort of our lens, but through these 20 plus individuals um, that are doing really amazing work. And it's, it's people that are musicians and chefs and designers and artists, architects, like Poketo world to us, it's, it's, it can be anything, anything creative. creating. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's how we saw it. And it's like anyone and everyone creating. And so we tapped into our our friendships and we brought people in that we've known for a long time. Some people are are new, new friends as well too. And the book really kind of, it's not only this, it, it's, it's sort of part interiors and part sort of, you know, kind of creative and inspiration type of book. And you, you see the spaces um, of all these creatives, whether it's their home or their studio, sometimes it's both. And it's not like a, a polished, uh, you know, produced kind of interiors book, right? This is not like El Decor or anything like that. It's <laughs> this like, is like my house right now, like <laughs> Cheerios on the floor. And <laughs> we, wanted, we wanted to capture those moments, right? So the reality yeah, of the being reality a creative. And, and so, you know, the photographer we brought on, she's amazing. Um, her name is Yaren Moak. She has just this effortless style, but it was no lighting, no hair, no makeup. We would go into a space. She would capture these moments. I would go in and really just sit down and, and do these interviews with, with my friends, right? And with these creatives and really try to find kind of sort of the inner workings and how they stay you know, inspired and how they stay creative and, and how they actually sort of built their careers and brands. So a lot of this book is about that as well, too. It's not just this book with beautiful photography, which there is beautiful photography in it, but it's like, it's about the sort of inner workings, um, of creativity. Yeah. I saw this quote today, actually very timely. Uh, creative people don't have a mess. They have ideas lying around everywhere. (laughs) So uh, that really resonated for me. I'm sure it will resonate for a lot of our listeners. Before we go, we like to give everyone your favorite tips and tools. So who has a tip or a tool that has been a game changer in the Boketo business? App wise, I mean, we use all the Google apps, but I mean, I would say like if you're, if you have an idea block and if you have a blog, don't stare into the computer. Don't stare just like look, thinking, thinking, just take a walk. Seriously, that's, that's, that really helps. Mm-hmm. Just like sitting there and trying to think of an idea is not going to work. You have to change your, yeah, you, you have to like get in motion, change the setting. 
walk your dog if you have a dog <laughs> or just walk yourself sometimes yeah, walk that's yourself enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a great tip yeah. any tools or tips i think um you know i think about how angie and i work together and how in these past years like how we've been able to sort of um I guess just like move forward, right? And it's all about, and I think in a lot of ways, it's about compromise. Because Angie and I are quite different people. Yeah, if you have a partner that's the same as you, that's not going to really work. It's not going to move it forward. Try to find someone that's a complete opposite. <laughs> in what ways are you different? we're pretty opposite. I mean, I would, you know, I, I would, <laughs> Angie would always say like, um, you know, what is that saying? She, Angie sees the, uh, the, the glass half empty and I see the glass half empty. No, I don't even see the glass basically. <laughs> She's just like, where's the glass? <laughs> Let's put like, some artwork oh, no, on the it. The water's flowing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're very, kind of different in that way but I think in a lot of ways because we're so different it's we we balance each other out right so I think that we've learned that even though we may have difference in opinion or difference in opinion about you know a decision in the business or a decision in our life we always come to some sort of you know mutual compromise you need a dreamer and you need a realist Every entrepreneur has to be a bit of a dreamer to be crazy enough to embark on the wild journey of launching a new business. It's those who have a realist, either in partnership or within ourselves, who can make that dream a reality. Ted and Angie gave us a lot to keep in mind. Find your community and keep them close. Play to the strengths of your partnership. And stop worrying so much about your business competition and instead focus your energy on collaboration and staying ahead of the game. You can find Poketo online at poketo.com, that's spelled P-O-K-E-T-O, or check them out IRL at one of their brick and mortar locations in Los Angeles or Denver. Also, you can pick up a copy of their beautiful new book, Creative Spaces. Have we piqued your interest in FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams? If so, let FreshBooks show you how to save hours on accounting paperwork and get your finances organized. Use this special link, freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L to receive an exclusive offer. That's freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, short for I Make a Living. Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Paco Erzmendi is our producer and director, and I'm your host and producer, Damona Hoffman. If you want to chat with me about relationships, business, or maybe business relationships, you can find me on all of the socials at Demona Hoffman, or you can message me at demonahoffman.com. Also, come meet me and the team at an I Make a Living live event. Go to imakealiving.com to see when we'll be in a city near you. And take the steps to find your tribe today, because it's your business. I'll see you next week. <laughs>